The Contenders is a proud member of the Cage Club Podcast Network. For other great shows about movies and pop culture, go visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. My father cannot fight, so I will take his place. <laughs> Need a hand, little man? Yeah. Salt me again or you'll taste the tip of my blade. Your job is to bring honor to the family. Do you think you can do that? Welcome to The Contenders, the show about the movies made by and starring women who refuse to play by the rules. I'm Aislin Addington. And I'm Tobin Addington. Tobin. Aislin. I need to say thank you. Oh. Audience, I, for Christmas, um, Tobin gave me some of, uh, I would say, the first batch. The first batch. Official... The Contenders merchandise. Hey. Hey. And, and now that I have some, you all can have some too. <laughs> Iceland's <Tobin>. first. <laughs> yes, exactly. Iceland's first. Um, Tobin, would you tell the audience where, where and how and how you made this magic possible? <laughs> yes, it's, all, it's pure magic. Um, yes, I... Uh, Took a couple of our our uh, iconic designs, um, and um, made uh, made up by hand. Uh, made some merch. No, uh, we're using T Public. Uh, so if you go to tpublic.com and search for the Contenders Podcast, uh, you can find the link to. You can get. Let's see. You can get T-shirts and tank tops and hoodies and sweatshirts and kids T-shirts and masks. You can get. You can get your you pandemic, get pandemic masks. masks. We'll, we'll tell a story about that in a second. Uh, you can get wall art. A, a sticker, a button. I'm a. You, you get pillows. You get pillowcases, and you can sleep on us. Stop <laughs> it! You know what else I love, Tobin? I love tell a tote me. bag. Oh yeah, the tote bag. Yeah, yeah. And I bag. have a T Public tote bag. I don't yet have a Contenders one, but I have a T Public one. High quality, little pocket on the inside. Who's her pocket? Little pocket. That's well, nice. snap. It's a nice, nice topic. Um, so, folks, please, we would love it if you are so um, inclined to wear some Contenders merch. And then please take a picture and, yes. and put it on the social media so that we can see it because it's so much fun. I will yes. wear my T-shirt. Um, so, what it, this is coming out on the... Oh, gosh. Let me hold on. The 26th, I think. The 26th. When you listen to this, go on Twitter and you will see a picture of me proudly wearing my T-shirt with a button on it. It's like denim on denim and contenders on contenders. Um, So I will will demonstrate the trend I'm looking for. But we would (laughs) love it if folks, um, again, if, if you're interested, it is available if you are um, a Patreon friend of ours. There could be some merch involved there. We'll we'll talk to you all individually about that. All thousands of you. Yes. <laughs> wink, wink. Um, the stickers are very nice. I would I would add. I I've never. Pu- 
I've never marred my computer with stickers ever and any computer that I've had, but I, I got a new computer recently and uh, I've got a contender <gasps> sticker. I'm showing Isla now on our video. Oh, it's uh, beautiful. You placed it so nicely as well. I think you got the, uh, my other, my other, I voted, I put my, I voted sticker from uh, this last election oh, on there perfect. too. What great bookends. I thought so. I thought so. Um, so yes, we'll send out links various uh, to the various socials and uh, uh, send, send uh, links out to everybody so that you can uh, find it real easily. But yeah, search for us on tpublic.com, the Contenders podcast, and you too can sport some merch. Love it. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, thank you again for that lovely present. You're and <laughs> um, thank you for the opportunity to share it with our friends. Yes. Yes. I'm very excited to see this popping up in the world, other places. I know. So I very quickly, I have to tell a funny mask story. Please. So in, in addition to the T-shirt and the pin and the sticker and the stuff I sent, I got to send to Iceland uh, as for a present, I got a mask. And so I ordered the mask and then the mask was the last thing to come. It came very, very close to Christmas. And so I took the bag. I was so excited to get it. I took some scissors and I just sliced through and opened the bag. And I cut through one of the ear straps oh, on no. the mask. So it would only dangle from one ear. Um, and I still have it. I haven't been able to throw it away because I like it so much. But you can't you wear it. You tie a knot in it? It's, I, there's not enough strand. Oh. There's not enough. I got a lot of the of the ear. Uh, you could, uh, hang it on the rearview mirror, like I see yes. some extra masks hanging. I should do that. Also, our dog really likes to chew the masks, so maybe I'll just I give know. it to her. Uh, but anyway, it's a double. Uh, it's, it's got a little pocket side. You can put a filter in. It's very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Because so. that will be great, you know, as folks that maybe were at work from home for a while and we're now going back into offices and schools and other spaces to have a mask that can have a filter in it. Um, that is easily washable. Um, I think it's a great, a great idea. You, we all need a, a drawer of masks at this point, right? I mean, it's True. not just one. Certainly if you're, you know, our mother, you need them for the holidays. And I promise I'm getting that Valentine's one ready. I <laughs> got to put the screen on that one, but. <sighs> oh, fun. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for making our spirits bright. And now, and now, back what to movie, back, back to back to regular business. What movie are we talking about today, Iceland? Tobin, today we're talking about Mulan, the live-action version yep. from 2020. Mm-hmm. That uh, the year one, that never ended. <laughs> the year that's never ending. Um, that one can see on uh, Disney Plus. There you go. It's currently free with subscription to Disney plus. Right. Um, certainly I think, uh, it would be, you could go in and do a trial, you know, that, that one week for free type deal and watch it. Um, but I hope you can watch some other things as well. And we'll, we'll get into that. There's a lot on Disney plus that you might like. The so, Jeff Goldblum show for I've instance. Heard. I've heard. A delight. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Tobin, tell us a little bit about, can you uh, do you have two bits of film history on how we got to the live action Mulan? Sure. So the first one is that this this movie has been in development since 2010. They've been trying to make a live action Mulan since they started making these live action Disney remakes. Um, and at first, they, they the, the, the story goes, they searched high and low for an Asian or an Asian American filmmaker to make uh, uh, Mulan. Uh, they they asked Ang Lee at one point if he would make Mulan, which 
I mean, to be fair, you, you know, you should offer Ang Lee any movie that you have. I was going to say, yeah, really, I mean, great really filmmaker, good. regardless yeah. of background. But um, but uh, he said no, uh, unsurprisingly. I just feel like he's kind of done this, uh, done this before with um, Crouching Tiger and done it done it better. Um, so it, it, and then in the end, uh, to some controversy, which I'm sure we'll get into, most of the major production roles on the movie, we're talking directors, screenwriters, a lot of the producers, a lot of the department heads, meaning like the heads of the camera department, head of the you know the sets and costumes and props. All these people were mostly white filmmakers. Uh, so we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, the other thing, maybe something to celebrate a little more is that uh, this is only the second uh, Disney movie with a hundred plus million dollar budget directed by a woman. Now that's, I guess that's not to celebrate like that's your congratulations on number two. Um, but still I can't. And then I want to ask you, Asa, can you name the first hundred plus million dollar budgeted Disney movie directed by a woman? Um, isn't that the one that we did? The um with Oprah and Reese Gi- Witherspoon. Giant Oprah. <laughs> yes, Giant Oprah was going to be my my clue. Yes, Wrinkle in Time. Wrinkle in Time. Wrinkle in time. Why do I not remember the name of that movie? Because I have the movie trouble. Kind of, yeah, the movie kind of evaporates. Uh, that's why. But, um, but the but the yes, but like evaporation. Yeah. Then, like in the in a car window or you know something there, the condensation <laughs> makes little. <laughs> little puddles of joy right yes there, yes there are pieces of that film that i or ideas of that film that i yeah. i love but yeah as a whole it doesn't hold together in my memory right um, right uh so anyway yeah the, the final budget on this was between two two and three hundred million dollars to make this movie so it's a very it gorgeous it's a beautiful it's we'll it's, get into the rest of it but the entire yeah. time watching it i kept saying but it's gorgeous. <laughs> the end of all my sentences. Yep, yep. So that those are those are our two bits of film history. Uh, there's more that we'll get into as we talk about this movie. Uh, but next, Aislinn, would you take us through the women involved in major roles in Mulan? Now there are a lot of names here that um, uh, I don't envy you saying having to say a lot because I'm I don't know how to pronounce a lot of them. Agreed. So, um, and, we'll... and I don't either, but here's my goal. And you can tell okay. me how I do when I'm done. Okay. I want to go in and say them confidently, mm-hmm. not in a confidence of, I know how to say it, but mm-hmm. what I don't want to do is that cop out of like, Oh, it's a hard name or it's a, a name from a different language that I don't, right. you know, I don't, I don't want to do that. So I'm right. going to, I mean, just charge ahead, charge ahead okay. as a person with a, an a name that does not match the letters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I always prefer somebody take a shot. Take, take, a, take a, take a, take aim at it. Rather, rather than avoiding saying it. So yep. this is me. Just, just toss the spear in the air, flip and flip upside down, and kick it with your foot and see what you get. You know, would love to. Okay, <laughs> director Nikki Caro. Actors Yifei Liu, Li Gong, Rosalind Chow, and Zana Ding. Writers, Amanda Silver, Lauren Hynek, and Elizabeth Martin. Producers, Diana Giorditi, Liz Tan, and Jessica Virtue. Cinematographer, Mandy Walker. Casting, Deborah Zane. Art direction, Jill McCormick. Set direction, Anne Kuljian and Amber Richards, and costume design, Bina 
Stiglier. I think you did great. And that, that that's all, all, as you mentioned, um, you know, there, it, it appears as if right. heads of departments, um, many of them have uh, a, Western sounding names, mm -hmm. um, but also so many women. I don't Lots always get to say art direction, set direction, costume design, um, cinematography, right? Um, or or even that many in, uh, women in in producing roles or writing roles. So um, yeah, there's it's a we're gonna call it Mulan colon the mixed bag. <laughs> okay, Tobin, what yeah. on earth? Is this movie about? Well, I'm going to do my best here. Based on the 1998 animated Disney feature and the narrative poem, The Ballad of Mulan from 400 AD, the 2020 live action remake stars Yifei Liu as Ramulan, the chi-wielding daughter of an honor-bound family in Imperial China. When a warlord threatens the empire, Mulan's father is called back into the army, despite his age and old war wounds. Against law and custom, Mulan secretly takes his place, pretending to be a man as she tries to blend in with the all-male soldiers in her unit and slowly learns to accept and unleash the chi that gives her supernatural fighting powers. Battles ensue, and ultimately Mulan's true identity is revealed before she finds her way back to the capital to fight off the baddie and save the emperor, earning her the honor she risked in breaking the rules in the first place. That sounds good. That's got the makings of, of some good things. I wanted to show you my big Ooh. book of Mulan. Ooh, she's got a big book of Mulan. Big book of Mulan. I, mean, um, I have to say, when you, she says big book, it's a giant book. Like a top table book. <laughs> yeah, um, top table beautiful book. book that's all about the animated. Oh, yeah. There's, there's what's his name? Donnie Osmond. <laughs> you wouldn't know it by looking at him. Speaking, speaking of um, you know white people in the wrong place. Um. Anyway, I just wanted. I, I guess I just wanted to remind anyone who wasn't sure or didn't remember. Mulan is my favorite Disney princess in quotes movie. I love it and so much, so much. And what I would like to say first about this is that. I've never wanted to watch the cartoon more than wow. as I watched this movie and finished wow. it. And you were hyped for this movie, right? I mean, <sighs> no? gosh, I was so excited. And yeah. and like you said, it's been in, in development for a long time. I feel like there were whispers of a trailer. There were whispers of it's happening that were pre COVID. So, yep. yeah. and, and I, I think it had a, a release date at in one point in March. Yeah. So then switched over to become part of the Disney Plus empire. Um, and then that's kind of where I, I lost it a little bit. I think because so many folks are uh, or, or were at that time um, at home and that the home theater experience was, yeah. um, was the way to do things that I it, – it was – it arrived and then it was silent. Right. And so that kind of gave me a clue of like, oof. <laughs> However, there are lots of things that overall are not huge successes that I love. True. So I wasn't, I wasn't entirely worried. Yeah. Um, but gosh, I just, I, 
I'm I, I'm just bummed out. This movie bummed me out. Oh, I'm sorry. And especially, and this is what I want to I want to well, I want to ask you obviously what you thought too. But I would kind of like to start with the witch in quote character. Yep. That they brought into this to I think to give us some magic and some and some more conversations about gender, and yet. The movie did to her what the characters in the movie did, and and there was nothing there was nothing profound and impactful there. Tobin, what are your thoughts overall? And then let's can we use the witch as our entree into the the piece? Let's. Um, if you th- if you hear thumping on my mic, it's because there's boys uh, above boys playing above my wind masks six feet apart on the deck above my office Perfect. so that's what the thunder is that you're hearing um i'm not pounding the table uh for this movie so yeah, this is this is a really frustrating movie to watch because i thought there was a lot of promise in where it began in some of the decisions that it made about how to how it was going to tell this story in a live action setting and in, you know, uh, updating some of the things that were perhaps to a, a little where the cultural appropriation was sort of misappropriation in, in ways from the, from the cartoon, from the animated version. Um, and then it just dropped everything as it went along. Like it just kept dropping promising ideas and characters and failing its characters in, 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 in pretty profound ways. So by the time I got to the end, I just didn't care anymore. I just didn't care. Um, and it, and I should have, I mean, there's, uh, so talk about the witch, the interesting thing that they do. First of all, I think that the actor who played the witch, uh, is great. I mean, she, she looked like it's, I think it's a, I think it's a, um, uh, I don't think, I don't think the, the script didn't give her enough to do. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I think her performance was powerful when she was on screen able to do powerful things right right and and um this is uh uh lee gong who i know mostly from miami vice (laughs) from the michael mann miami vice which we will never talk about on this show for all kinds of reasons but a movie that i that i love in spite of myself um and and uh, so anyway, but there's a there's a real intensity. It's I think the makeup is cool. There's a there's a cool thing where we find out she can sort of inhabit people's bodies in the shot. The shot moves to the sand. She's run walked it like she she flies as a bird into and meets this random dude in the in the desert. And like we cut to their the camera goes down to the shadow of the two of them, and her shadow goes into his shadow, and then his, only his shadow remains. That's a cool effective way to show that she can like no CGI, just like what two shadows combine. But then and then they set up this interesting thing where she has she is also a woman who has who has had this power of the chi and um, has has honed it in spite of the society disowning her for having it or or you know calling her a witch and you know um, and so it's meant to be this like this is what Mulan could be and you know un, unchecked or un or or unleashed in the wrong way repressed I guess if you repress her she she could become this character um, but then they take as you say they take the they, 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 uh, the movie profoundly dis, uh, dis misuses her then yeah. as a character. Um, and to, to the point that she stops. And, and so there's, there's the, 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 she sacrifices, spoiler, sacrifices herself. And we're supposed to like feel something for this. And it's just, she just stopped making sense so much longer, yeah. so much earlier before this. There were just the no, movie. no 
stakes for her at that point. I don't understand. So she she was helping or in service of the the bad guys. And I, I do also think the you know the leader of um of that that group of vigilantes i don't know what hell you want to call them but um that had a a beef with the emperor and and all that um like that he was scary in the same way the cartoon was scary of that guy like it was like a superhuman warrior yeah um i didn't understand what she owed to him like why she hitched her wagon there i think it could have been more interesting if she had been captured by him in some way and was like, there was some deal that he was going to let her have, you know, her revenge or her part of the country. Yeah, to like there's no reason for their partnership. Nope. Um, and, and far too early on, he, it's clear that he is going to, that what he thinks of her, that she thinks she's beneath yeah. him and a tool of his. And so by halfway through the movie or before that, we're like, Oh, right. So she's going to just go help Mulan at some point. Right. Because, right. like, that's clearly where it's headed. Or the other part, the other thing they started and stopped was that she was going to convince Mulan, like, screw all these guys. They're not going to let you be you. Let's together. Right. Join with me. Down. Let's yeah. topple the patriarchy. And then they didn't. Beca- and it's it's so, it's so, to me, it's it's the <sighs> demonstration of the insidiousness of, of, the way that gender roles are packed into things like tradition and honor and all other kinds of things to where then Mulan doesn't see that as a, as an option because you can't have both in this world. And, and she's, there are no mold breaking, you know, kind of thing that bringing in that supernatural element made it a gorgeous movie, but didn't add anything to Mulan's story or transformation or coming to terms with kind of anything. And (laughs) then I was confused about the chi and who, who has the capacity to wield in that way. Because then suddenly it seems like the emperor has got some does yeah. at the end. Yeah. Um I would have I would have even gone with maybe Mulan it trains with the witch uh, to better understand the power because she's holding it. Like the part that made sense was that when she was portraying the male soldier, like when Mulan was in disguise. Yep. Not only was her outside disguised, but right. she was also holding back all of her potentials right. in other ways. And right. that the one beautiful gentleman that we're not, I'm not going to call a love interest, but like the closest thing to a love I interest think, we have. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly a, a comrade. Um, yeah. He can see that in some way, yep. right? He doesn't know exactly, but he can see that this um, this person is is holding back, and and then it's kind of her own decision of one day when they're doing drills, she's going to show everyone. And I don't know; it just didn't make any kind of sense in no. a way that made you want to root for anybody. Because also, I'm like, really, is the, well, is the emperor 
Like, are we on the side? Is this a movie where we're on the side of big government? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the phrase that came, came to my mind as I finally finished this movie is the land of missed opportunities. Yes. <laughs> like there, 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 and, and there are things that the movie then. So I like, I like the idea that there's a change from the animated version where she's not falling in love with her superior. And that, yes, that, I, I think that's a good idea. Agreed. However, and then something about it was not quite was 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 then not quite ringing true the way it's worked out now. And I and then reading about it and reading some some criticism of the movie, um, there's a there was a discussion of um, or a reevaluation maybe of the queerness of the animated version where you have this like these two these what what the what the 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 oh what's the officer's name in the what's donny osmond's name in the i can't remember the the donny osmond character in the animated one um is falling in love with this dude in his regiment and like how they negotiate that is actually kind of interesting when then that's stripped away and then you don't give the the as you said he's not a love interest in the movie in this movie the 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 comrade but he should be, and that should be pretty interesting. And right. so it feels like it's sort of in 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 um, solving one issue um, cuts the legs out from under another one. Like it sells out the other interesting thing from the original animated movie, which I hadn't put my finger on until I read that. But I think that's a good point. Uh, Donny Osmond's uh, name was Shang, which I thought, but I also didn't want to. Yes, because Ping is the name she takes in the animated version, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. And and yeah, absolutely. Let let me. I should. I should have pointed out the large asterisk next to what I said. I love Mulan. Um. I understand that that there is a buckets full of appropriation and um, inappropriate use of religious and or traditional and or mystical things like the dragon (laughs) that is her sidekick (laughs) however so much fun right i mean the Eddie Murphy character there um yeah there's it just yeah land of missed opportunities is right speaking of the other soldiers that was another place so one one thing I think the live action made a few a few points really come to life in a different way. So okay. one of those for me was when um, Mulan first walks into the barracks, um, and there's all these other young male soldiers. Yep. The danger of that yep. was much more salient here than in the, in the movie um, in the cartoon on purpose i'm sure yeah. there is still some of these you know young soldiers are there for some comic relief but also i found that hard mm-hmm. we'll get i want to i'm going to bookmark that for a, yeah. but but this walking in not being able to disrobe <laughs> And and they've just made it clear. I think we've already had the big meeting of like anything you do wrong is death, and even worse is we're going to send you home and tell everyone that you're, you're a dishonored and exiled. And yeah, yeah. 
And so with that in mind, I think it, I felt that danger of being found out Mm -hmm. and being killed or worse. Um, I felt that danger of being uh, a, a woman in that environment of all men and a, a hyper masculine, hyper aggressive environment like that felt real scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I think that was successful. I don't think the movie, I don't think the animated tried to do that and failed. I just, I just think it felt different. Um, and then I, the, um, the physical tests that they have to get to the top of that hill um, is different, a little bit different than it is in the, in the cartoon version. But I, you know, I feel like you could see people truly exhausted in a non-cartoon way right, right. <laughs> of that walking up steps with your arms out in the water. And the, I feel like I could, I could, yeah, like that I could see someone throwing up over the side or, um, you know, falling down and hurting themselves and that kind of thing. So I, there were, there were points in, in that piece that I enjoyed. I also thought, well, here's a series. Uh, I'd be down yeah. for that series. She would have yeah. to have a, some confidant in there somewhere, but, but I, I would be down for that. Otherwise, I, I think the, the other soldiers were misused too. Yeah. What do you think about yeah, that? It's, it's ill-fitting. I mean, the whole thing is ill-fitting. And, and then it's, which is, that's the part in the movie where it began to feel to me like they're trying to rush through this to get to the next thing because it doesn't really work. Um, like the, you know, I, I, I'm I'm glad that they didn't do a shot for shot remake in the way that they have done with for some of the other Disney animated things, but they didn't but they needed to change more. I'm curious about this idea of uh the the of a series if you disassociated it entirely from the animated version and you went back to this ballad that mm-hmm. from 400 AD that it was started with, and you did a Game of Thrones version of Mulan for grownups on Disney Plus, I, I feel like you'd have a you'd have a, a pairing with the Mandalorian, um, and and it could be dark, darker, and tough. And you know, as it is, that my first clue that we were headed somewhere rocky was the color palette in the opening scenes, which is the same vaguely pastel cotton candy. Um, you know, colors on top of the sort of drab, you know, mud brown stuff. Yeah, the rural background. And it reminded me of of the color palette from the three scenes of the, and the trailer for the Aladdin remake that I've seen as well. Like, it feels like the Disney live action color palette where it's like, we want you to know this was still a cartoon. So we're going to put some fun colors in there, but also it's gritty and real. And we're in a real world where people get much I mean, that this goes back to my issue with Les Mis, right? Uh, Yeah. We're in, you know, in the book, there's intense child abuse in the live action, but, Broadway musical, they're funny grifters. Right. You then make this live action film that is tough and rugged. You know, from the beginning, it told me like, this is real. The stakes are high. The things are huge. It's real. Yeah. But then those people are comedians. Razzle dazzle, baby. (laughs) It doesn't work for me to do it both ways. Um, Along with that, 
I thought I felt uncomfortable in um, in particular the scene when they're all sitting around eating and like talking about girls or whatever, um, which we've seen other times. Right. Um, that, that movie I love. She's the man. Right. Yes, like there yes. are multiple conversations about relationships and, and men and women and that kind of stuff. And um, and and this one didn't go where I wanted it to also because they are the comic relief. I felt uncomfortable with the way these young Asian men were playing caricatures a little bit. Mm -hmm. It didn't take me all the way to Book of Mormon. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that for folks that are not there is that the um, Book of Mormon takes place in an African village. And so you, but the, through the eyes of, or through the, perception of yeah. young white missionaries and thus the African characters have a caricature element to them right. that I find tough to get past. Right. Right. So this didn't, this didn't take me all the way. This was like that light right. for me, but yeah, also okay. I was just like, Ooh, how long, how long is this going to go? Because it is going to be a full blown like Kung Fu parody. If they keep, being like the three Asian stooges. Like I didn't like that. I was all for it. Hey, camp of hot Asian dudes. I'm here for it. (laughs) Let's make it clear. Um, So I didn't. She packed her bag folks. (laughs) So that to me was that thing, that juxtaposition that did not work. And like you're saying, they're, they're trying to keep, it's like they put safety, not safety pins, but tax in the various elements of the cartoon they wanted to keep. Yes, yes. And that penned them into something that didn't match. Right, what it, right. Like That's the yeah. That does feel like what it is. Like, they, like, like, like you can feel, uh, I, I hate to say this, because you don't really know what goes on as people are developing a project, but I can kind of, you can, I can kind of feel the story meetings where they had their list, as you say, of the things that they wanted to keep, of the things from the, the and then, and then that was the mandate as they mm-hmm. went to write the movie is, but you got to keep these things. And then mm-hmm. the same thing with the production design. Well, you got to keep this stuff because it's still for kids, right? Like, you know, and, and so, and, and so it didn't end up being for anybody then it gets lost right. in the middle then because it's not, it's not choosing a lane then. Yeah, agreed. It's 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 some of both or some of each, and not the best of anything. Sadly. So, can I name one thing I liked in this movie? I was just going to ask you. I like that Donnie Yen shows up in this movie because I like Donnie Yen. Uh, One of one of my writing jobs earlier on was uh, I I did a I did some writing on the um, (laughs) speaking of non-white or speaking of white people working on non-white things. I did a I did a a, some writing on the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon sequel for uh, that was on Netflix. And Donnie was say that out loud now. I feel like for a while I wasn't say that. Yeah, well, I don't get I'm not credited, so it's not a it's it's you know your word against theirs. Exactly. Exactly. I just cast the very small checks. Um, but uh, they, uh, Donnie Yen was one of the characters and I was mostly just writing some, some dialogue spoken when his back was turned, like to help try and make the movie work. Um, but he can sell stuff like the, 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 there's a presence that he has that I do, do appreciate. And he comes from, you know, uh, there's a long history of him in um, martial arts movies, uh, you know, for, for decades now, um, he's older than he looks, <laughs> um, and very, and very, very, as I understand it, a very cool guy. Uh, and so it was fun to see him, 
But then, so there's a scene in the movie where once she is revealed as Mulan, is that she's a woman, and he calls her into the, or she comes into the tent to tell him, I forget how it happens. There's, they're in the tent, the uh, command tent, and she's telling him, and I'm like, oh, great, this is the scene where he, we realize he's known it all along, oh, and he's been okay great with it, and like he's on, like, and. And they didn't do that. He just like, okay, you're exiled because you lied to us. And like, are you kidding me? Like, and, and, and because they had set up that thing of like, I want you to marry my daughter, yeah, which yeah. I get what they were trying. Like, I get that we're not supposed to like that part. But to me, that <laughs> undercut than anything he was going to say later. Totally. Totally. Because there was ego in it then. And, and from my perspective, the way that it's portrayed here, so much of that honor some of it is about perception and presentation and what other people think that i thought oh he's definitely going to have her head now because she made a fool of him by her womanhood right 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 right. none of that was necessary no and and there's a there's a um uh um, Sima plays her father in the movie, who I also think is great. I like him right. so much. And and there was and and the um, what I meant earlier when I was talking about the beginning of the movie starts out with some promise. There 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 are a few times in, early in the movie where Mulan does things, um, uses her chi or whatever, and you see him, her father, be like really proud of her. Like he sees her doing this thing, and he's like, "Whoa, she's so cool!" And then sees everyone around him. All the other people turn their backs on her and whisper about her and, you know, shun her. And he's like, oh, and then you could see him sort of fall like he. Right. So, so there's an interesting thing at the beginning of the movie. It's like, how do we raise strong girls? Like a question that I'm that, that I'm very interested in and, and invested in figuring out how to do. Um, how do you how do how to sort of encourage, you know, the natural abilities and gifts and all this like when it's when it doesn't fit what. You know, a lot of people around you, or society at large, or the culture that you live in, uh, uh, you know, uh, honors yeah. right the expectations, right? Um, and so I thought, okay, this is going to be an interesting thing. The movie's going to move on, and then like we meet Donnie and he knew he knew the father from back in the day. So I'm like, okay, so this is now a father figure, and we're going to find out. Here's another way. So we had one father figure who was like desperately wanted to support her, but kept not being able to. And then then you have one who we think is not going to be able to support her and then then is going to end up actually supporting her in some way. And that's not what happens. It's not what happens. And it's and like, oh. I don't like when they put then then they put the the dad in the position to like publicly say you're not supposed to like yeah. you're not supposed to be like this. Right. I right. can't encourage you to be like this. I wanted right. him to say, okay, clearly the system has not served me, has not served my family, has not served my daughter, so we're gonna go a different way. But right. like everybody right. bows to it. Yep. Sure, the emperor kind of is on her side at the end. Kind of, but again, but, it feels like a, yeah, yeah. But that I did I did have I'm gonna go ahead and say stunt casting. <laughs> I, I, I gently, I, I don't think was hired for his acting here and that's okay, <laughs> but it stuck out because there is some excellent acting, which hopefully can lead me to, I do want to talk about Mulan a little bit. Yeah. Um, Yifei Li, Yifei Lu, so. there are some vowels and I'm going to, I'm going to learn it and I'm going to get better Yifei. at it. So Yifei Lu. At you. Yifei Lu. That's it. Thank you. 
<laughs> you know, um, I mean, I don't know. I don't think that sounds good to I me. I have in common with Kristen Bell is that um, when we hear something on, on TV or whatever, like you say it over and over to yourself. I huh? do that a lot with TV, but um, I, did, I had not, I have not heard her name out loud enough. I need to practice. Tobin, what did you think of the for the lead female performance of Mulan? Uh, I don't have strong feelings about it. Do you have strong feelings about it? I really, I, I really like her. Okay. I, I here. So here, here's here's the thing. I, I, I the the only context that I came into this movie with is the. Um, during the uh, democracy r- uh, uprising in um, uh, Hong Kong, she posted communist government stuff on her Facebook page or whatever. And like there was a whole so, – so I came in with like a, ooh, ooh, I feel a little bit like, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> like, And I shouldn't – you know, I, I feel bad. I feel bad, bad about that in some ways because it, I, I, I like the idea of being able to separate because this this comes up on cage club programming a lot especially when i'm in the room i'm all for your i think you get to choose if you're going to separate or not and i think it's very clear to anyone's list who's listened i tend not to um so i'm i'm in support of I'm in support of that. That's okay. Yeah. Well, so anyway, it just tarnished my like I I I would I I couldn't quite wipe that from my brain as I was watching the thing. But I thought she was good. I just didn't. I I wasn't like real super invested. But you do you? But you you I, I so I defer to you on the performance because you watched it more cleanly than I did. I think. I think yeah. Without without um any background to um attached to it, um, yeah. I think for me it worked because the trailer worked really well. And uh, when she's in, <laughs> in motion, in action, yeah. I, I believed it. Also, I just so wanted it to be good that I sort of put my expectations on her. And, um, and I, I think she carried, I mean, cause truly like she had to carry that movie yeah. and yep. I think she was successful in that, yeah. even though I the agree. movie was not. I agree. Did you recognize Mulan's mom? No. Uh, our good friend, well, she played um, Kiko O'Brien on Deep Space Nine. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Of things. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that was. Wow. That was and obviously Next Generation. Um you know, all kinds of, all kinds of things, but, um, wow. Okay, cool. Blow my mind. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's sort of fun. Anyway. So there was a lot, I mean, there was a lot of folks in this movie that I, I recognized and I have enjoyed. Um, I think between the two of us, you know, a lot of the main people, but gosh, I was just disappointed and it just made me want to watch the original. And then I think, but cut this out if I'm wrong. Um, the original Mulan actress has a cameo. Like I saw her. Oh, I think, yeah, I think that that's. Um, which I thought was fun as well. Um, the other thing in this movie that I really liked or that was really effective, I thought, um, was it really brought home how really truly scary it would be to be in an avalanche? Oh, that was gosh. A super yeah. Super visceral 
uh, moment as he's being tumbled around and she's trying to get to him. And like, you would, you realize how, like, it's not just so often you see avalanches in movies from afar, or it's like just this rushing thing, but this is like, you're tumbling in it. You're, and you're realizing like all this stuff could just pile on top of you so deep. You could just never get out of it. And it's like, you don't know which is the top. You could be digging up. How do you like, and it would be just terrifying. So I thought that was scary and, and cool. And you know, this, is, this is a problem in the, I'm sorry, sorry. This is a problem in the original Mulan a little bit too, that that's the biggest set piece it feels like. I mean, I know in the original, in the, in the animated version, they have the whole, the fireworks show and all that, but like, it's a little bit of a letdown when you go from this giant avalanche battle to then sort of hand to hand. I've always felt as a little, and then it was even more so here where I, I'm not caring then as it goes past that. But that moment I was like, oh, man, this is scary. <laughs> yeah, no, I think they did make that real. I was just going to ask you, um, I have had a f- suffocation as a, a tool of my demise is, is a big fear, whether that be water or fire or avalanche. <laughs> but do you know where that comes from for me? Oh, no, no where? There's okay, an episode of MacGyver where he's skiing. And so and this really, honestly, this is something that is I've brought into my life to this day. He has a little monologue of like that last run, like one more time is like the best one of the day or whatever. Uh, and he does one more time. There's an avalanche. And so then he sort of teaches you how to find what way is up because you don't I'm know what way, your way up out of the avalanche. Out of the snow. He spends the episode in like wow. under That's snow. A good idea for a MacGyver episode. So scary, right? But that is why I never announce in my mind or out loud the last time I'm going to do something. Wow. Like the last jump in the water or the last this because I'm MacGyver told me that would jinx it. <laughs> yeah. Apologies for that. But that um, you bringing up the fireworks at the end reminds me of it. the other piece that this failed to do. And I'm, I'm not saying... Okay, I'm just going to tell you what it is, and we can talk about whether it's worth it or not. In order to be successful and keep the emperor alive and keep the the city safe from the, you know. Vaders. Vaders. Mulan's friends from military camp have to dress in drag to distract the guards that's right that's right and that to me like okay it's not seamless it's not i'm sure it's not even great i'm giving it more perhaps more weight than i should but that allowed for even in even in a scenario where we believe that these gender roles mean these different things that's still was subversive and it still allowed the feminine whatever to be impactful and to to make a difference and to be helpful and and to have power in and of itself. Right. Right. It's right. And it's what you know, we can talk about what kind of like what kind of power that is or whatever, but just that flip. Yep. Was I felt so important and one of the reasons that I, <laughs> I like it, right? That these yeah. all the drills that they did, all the skills that they had learned as soldiers with the understanding of what that meant that was not going to lead them to be successful they had to think outside the box and they had to take on something feminine in order to be successful and that we completely lost not only that but the fun of it we completely lost 
It's, that's so true. This is like this is I'm having the same experience when I was reading about the the queerness that was undercut in the live action movie is that there are things that I responded to in the animated version, but didn't fully appreciate how integral it was to making it a unique and interesting story. And that by by it's by comparison, that movie is growing in my estimation. Right. And, and it's and it's and it would have been so I think I shouldn't say easy, but um feels like it should be clear these things that you would keep from yeah. one to the other. Like the live action movie is so much more conservative in some ways than the animated version. And I, that bums me out. I agree. I agree. hundred percent. Mulan should be subversive. And this wasn't, and the witch okay. wasn't, and her dad wasn't. And like, there was nothing. Yeah. Nothing to to hang on to of what I loved so much or what what I the inspiration I take from the cartoon or what it could have been if it had been a I I love our idea of the live action like, you know, TV, MA, uh, Game of Thrones or or a short series. But, you know, the so you can have the band of misfits. You would have to have some sort of confidant. I, I like having the um more conversation about gender and queerness and and you know and sex like there's no sex in this movie at all yeah and there's no sexuality because there, there also, right. i kind right. of wanted the witch and mulan to like be intrigued with each other yeah totally uh, totally so i like that version so much more land of missed <laughs> opportunities but gorgeous to look at or and gorgeous to look at. I think yep. that it's Andy it, Walker, it's cinematographer. Well done. Well done indeed. Oh gosh. Yeah. Mandy, uh, Mandy Walker also shot uh, Hidden Figures. Okay. Uh, as we're looking at other movies that we have covered, um, and d- done a bunch of you know done movies for for a long long time. Um, uh, but that's one that that stood out to me as one that we covered and another uh, you know beautiful beautiful movie. She she it's a as you say, I mean that trailer. You can't get the trailer together that looks that good from a from a badly shot film. <laughs> like so, <sighs> so many ingredients. So many ingredients. The and just, soup just didn't come together. No, nothing there. Tobin, Iceland. Would you like to play a game? I desperately can't wait for this Mulan game. Are we going to do? Is this like uh, Chinese history? Is it uh, martial arts films? Is it D- uh, Disney animated remake live action? What's oh, what's our cook here? All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> movies this week um thinking about our podcast in particular and last night as i was preparing to record today i thought oh i got it perfect game and it wasn't until i was (laughs) preparing to sit down to record that i realized i made up a game for the wrong movie (laughs) what movie did you did you uh, make a game up for us wonder woman 1984 okay uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I have a uh, a game here. <sighs> Mulan was so bland, you couldn't even make up a game you about it. We game. Had to... So 
maybe next time I'll have a Mulan game. I do apologize. But in the meantime, I have, I wonder if it was available. Ooh, okay. so I have some pieces of um, 80s culture. Okay. And I want you to tell me if it happened before Wonder Woman 1984 or after. So at the time that we meet Diana Prince in the 80s, okay. is this something she... She would have experienced prior to... Available to her to experience prior to. Exactly. So for example, Walt Disney World did do you did Diana Prince had she been to Walt Disney World when we meet her in 1984? I'm gonna say yes. No, I'm sorry. 1989. Really? Wow, okay. Okay. How about this? We see, well, we're not doing this movie, but like we see into Diana's apartment and and others' uh, apartments. Would you have found a Rubik's Cube in her apartment in 1984? No. Tell me, you were so close that you changed. Yes, 1980. So I'm told. Okay. Okay. Um, How about this? Now, we know from the film that she did not have a television. Uh, But if she did, would MTV have been on it in 1984? No. 1981, MTV was there. Oh, my God. In 1984, when, you know, Diana Prince, uh, Prince, Price, Prince. 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 Uh, was working at the Smithsonian. Uh, did she have MLK Day off in 1984? No. no. Correct. For a bonus 5,000 points, what year did it become an official holiday, MLK Day? Okay. Um, 1994. 1986. Oh. It was, all, the, all the answers are in the 80s, but you were close. Oh, well, I didn't know that part. <laughs> oh, I thought I... Uh, yeah, I said I have 80s cultural moments. Well, but you're just asking if it became okay. All right, yeah, I see what you're saying. I yes, yes. I, I didn't listen. I didn't listen properly to. I understand now. You got, got the main got point. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Diana Prince works at the Smithsonian, 1984. Um, was she looking at Titanic wreckage? Wreckage in 1984? No. Correct. Do you know when in the 80, 80s? 80, 89. Five. Five. Back to the television. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Would the Simpsons have been on in the background? No. Correct. Sorry, go ahead. Correct. (laughs) Don't lose it. What what year in the 80s did we get the Simpsons? As its own show or as part of the Tracy Ullman show? That is a great question. Probably and its own show. Just looked up when it was aired as its own show. I believe uh, that's what, based on the image that was next to it, its okay, own so show. I'm going to say 86. Oh, so close. 87. Must have been 86 on the Tracy Ullman show. I didn't mean to ding there. I was giving myself a free point. I just, by well, accident. You got the original my, point, right? So you've got three points. We've got one question left. Okay. In Wonder Woman 1984. Diana Prince creates her invisible jet. 
I made it that far in the movie. <laughs> Had Sally Ride been an astronaut? In 84? Yes. 1984! <gasps> Boy, touch and go there at the end. And I meant goes into space. I didn't mean was an astronaut. I don't know when someone <laughs> becomes an astronaut or when they stop being an astronaut, for that matter. Tobin, nice right. work. Four of those, no. right? That was a difficult game. And the content had nothing to do with the film. I am very old, but I was very young in most of the 80s. So I give myself a little... A little <laughs> A little slack there. You did great. Oh, thanks. Oh, shucks. Oh, shucks. Good game. Thanks for the game. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, oh, everyone. <laughs> I think you should always just, once in a while, you should just throw in a non sequitur game right, just yeah. to keep us on our toes. Yeah. <laughs> well, now is the point in our podca- podcast where we decide if the movie is progressive or regressive and give our closing thoughts. Uh, is uh, the movie Step Forward or Step Back for Fearless Women in front of and behind the camera? Aislinn, what do you have to say for Mulan? It's really tough. Because uh, as we've discussed, the content, I think, undercuts any sort of progressive ideas that were in in the um animated version and just kind of in in general the things they made up they then undercut for themselves however like you mentioned in your um history it is a huge budget movie directed by a woman with a lot of really talented women in the various departments getting the movie made and so i i truly it's no disrespect to the folks who worked so hard. I do think it was beautiful to look at. Um, we didn't even really talk about the fighting and the and too much of the chi that way. But, you know, there were aspects of it that were really effective. Really? Um, but it's not it's not one that I would go back to for enjoyment or for an example of what what I mean when I say progressive or when i say um you know women who are refusing to play by the rules i think uh, it just it just fell down for me and so i cannot call it progressive i'm having a hard time calling it regressive um and in part because you know i don't know what I mean, it must have been done when they transitioned into having it be at home viewing but certainly the whole trajectory of the film was interrupted and so i think it's going to be hard that's it that's something to take into consideration with 2020 2021 films um and and it's clear that a lot of people worked really hard and at the moment i'm having empathy for those folks so i'm just going to sit right on the fence in the middle and say it didn't do anything great but i i would have a hard time arguing well, no, I could argue that it's harmful, but I'm choosing not to. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm done. Tobin? <laughs> um, yeah, so he, this is how it breaks down for me. It's in a very, very similar way. Behind the camera, it's very progressive. In in the movie that we get, 
I think is regressive. I, if you look Mulan 1 to Mulan 2, which you can't because there is a Mulan 2. But when you look at animated Mulan to live action Mulan, it's a step back. And so then how do you – so then what do you do with that? And for me, in the end, the, the people behind the camera are responsible for what ends up in front of the camera. And so I have to say regressive because I think that uh, because of the missed opportunities, I do not blame the department heads necessarily. I do not blame Mandy Walker. I don't necessarily even blame some of the writers that were on the movie. You never know what the notes you're getting from above are, um, you know, what 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 the what what folks who are responsible for selling the movie worldwide at a 200 million dollar budget might insist that you have to do in order to make the movie. But in the end, on whoever's shoulder it is, I'm going to say that this movie is not a step forward because I would not send anyone to watch this movie to say this is an example of, of a progressive film. So I'm going to say I'm going to say no, which I'm so surprised when I sat down to watch the movie. I never thought that that would be my answer. But that's where I'm at. That's what keeps the podcast spicy. <laughs> it does. We're here for spice, folks. <laughs> Um, Speaking of yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are we gonna What are we gonna talk about next? Next month, coming out on February twenty third, we are going to talk about twenty twenties Birds of Prey. Ooh, interesting. So not Wonder Woman then? No, we we switched. Uh, we we pivoted to a different yeah. DC. Um, we're still comic book. We're still contemporary. We're still badass. Um, ladies but we're going a different way with it so it's i'm 2020 <laughs> yeah exactly it's very 2020 of us oh good boys so yes come back on the 23rd and hear us talk about boys of prey Which i have not seen so i'm going in Here am i I did not think that I would ever want to see that movie. And then some people very close to us on the show who may may get, may be guests if we can wrangle them. Uh, a person on the uh, who likes to be a, who like ha- have on our show told us that we should really do it and that we might actually like it. So right. that's why we're doing it. This is basically us saying, please come on our show. That's right. That's right. It's an invitation. <laughs> yeah, it's a begging. Oh, Tobin. Um, where can people find you? Where do you where do you live online these days? You can find me on Twitter at Tobin Addington, all one word, where I am only slightly less incensed about politics than I was uh, uh, prior to the uh, to the election, which was well prior to the inauguration, I should say. Um, uh, so, um, so I'm still there, and I occasionally post pictures of my dog, and uh, sometimes I rant about things and talk about writing. And uh, so, yeah, come uh, come say hello. I saw you online these days. Yes, I like to look at cute dogs on Twitter at SassyNerdMT. And um, yep, that's it. If you uh, enjoy the sounds of our voices, uh, you could please go to cageclub.me and look at our back catalog of episodes if you're just coming to us randomly here. And also there's a cool thing where if you go to each host page, you can see which episodes of other shows we've been on. So it's just like you need some more Tobin. You want to know which Cage Club or which Keanu Club episodes he's a part of. You can find him there. You can. So that's and, my... And, and same for Iceland. You can do the same for, for that. And you can find us on Twitter at contenders underscore pod or on Patreon at thecontenderspod.com. Special thanks to our members who've joined at the marquee level or above, Sean Flynn and Jeff Addington. 
Don't forget to check out our Tee Public store and uh, get yourself some merch. Uh, wear or or stick it with pride, and uh, <laughs> we can't wait to see pictures of uh, all of y'all in your t-shirts. We hear the contenders are proud members of the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can explore all their great shows at cageclub.me, and you can keep tabs on all the Cage Club happenings on Twitter at Cage Club Pod. As always, thank you so much for listening. I'm Tobin Addington. I'm Islin Addington. And we'll see you next time on The Contenders. Producers, Diana. I'm going to do that again. Or if you're, you know, a good toggler. (laughs) You can do it while you listen. Hello. (laughs) Keep your toggle to yourself.